Welcome to the Terry and Jesse Show. God bless you. Jesse's not in today, but I have my good friend, Father Charles Murr from Europe. Yes, he's now made it to Europe, and uh, I'm so glad to have you. Father Murr, thanks for joining us again. Thank you for having me, Terry. Are you kidding me? I've been talking about this upcoming book with you for quite some time, and the title is Murder and the 33rd Degree. It is now out, and so I thought, Father Murr, we could talk a little bit about your book, and I'm going to assume nobody knows anything about the book. So um, tell us, you know, a little bit about the book. Why did you write the book? First of all, you've written several books, but this is a, a an, an amazing title. I mean, Murder in the 33rd Degree. What's that all about? Well, I think I'm going to give you a look at the, just a look at the at the cover. Can you see that? I sure, I sure can. Yes. I think it's, I'm looking at it backwards here. But anyway, it's the, it's the, the hand of I, you can see by the by the cufflink. Yes, I can see uh, free, a Freemason, a yeah. Masonic cuff, and of course it's it's stretched out to to take the hand of the Pope Flirt, yep. in Rome. Yep. Right, I can see that. But, that. but that's but that's that's the hand of a cardinal taking the Pope's hand. Got it. Right, and that's what it's about. It's a it is about infiltrate. It is about a lot. It's about a lot of things, but it's about the. I I keep using this word because it's it's a little bit overused today, but infiltration. Yes. Of the of the of our church by uh, by by Freemasons. Yes. And you know, just to tell you, Terry, when when this was first brought to my attention that there were Freemasons in the Roman Curia. Yes. In high, in high places. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was in 1970. I think 1974, 75. When it was told to be my told to me by by my mentor uh, Mario Marini, Monsignor Mario Marini was in the Secretary of State. Mm-hmm. I called him crazy. I bet. I, I I I just called him crazy. I used to have I had an uncle who saw uh, <laughs> a communist behind every tree and uh, and and every bush and everything like that. So I knew what conspiracy theories were about. Yeah. And I just I, I thought they were they were ridiculous. They, they were they were a sign of uh, mental unhealth. Let me put it that way. All right. Yes. Anyway, it, it took it took my my Monsignor Marini, who was my mentor, my confessor, my guide. Uh, he was he's actually called me to the priesthood mm-hmm. quite loudly. Good. Um, uh, it took me a couple of years, actually, to see what he was saying, and it took me getting to know Cardinal Edward Gagnon, who was commissioned by by Pope Paul VI to do an official investigation mm-hmm. of the Roman Curia. Wow. That took him three years to do, three years. Right. And it was Cardinal Gagnon himself who straightened me out. And he said, if you don't believe that there are Freemasons and communists and Marxists in the government of the church in Rome, uh, you're living in, uh, uh, he didn't say it in those terms, but la-la land, as yeah. we say today, right? You're, you're, you're not being real. Uh, that brought me, that brought me, uh, that got my attention. I bet. And I, I and, and then uh, I lived with Cardinal Gagnon and Mario Marini in the same house uh, for, for, for years. And we were great friends for years, all of the years that he was doing the investigation of the Roman Curia. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you how that investigation started, just so you can we need to know. get a, some, some idea 
1970, uh, I believe it was 1972 or 1973, 1972 probably, Pope Paul VI uh, came to the conclusion, and people people who have heard this, they've heard this many many times before, came to the conclusion that the smoke of Satan has penetrated, uh, has come through the wall into the sanctuary. Uh, this diabolical presence has has entered into the church at its highest level. He said that that stunned people. Because why did it stun people? Because it was so unlike Pope Paul VI to say. He was a he was a fiery liberal spirit uh, for 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 all of his life. Uh, espoused liberal causes. Uh, pushed for reform, continued the Second Vatican Council, did the, the liturgical reform, everything else. He, uh, he was the one who brought Archbishop Bunini uh, back into the Vatican. Uh, of, all, of all people, Pope John XXIII in the, in the late 1950s uh, expelled Bunini. Bunini, by the way, anybody who's listening, Bunini was in charge of the liturgy. Uh, other categories too, but just in charge of the liturgy, in, in charge, the man who was in charge of reforming the Holy Mass mm -hmm. was, was Bunini. His first name was Annibal, like 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 the, the, the like Hannibal, Hannibal the the great conqueror. Right? He uh, Bunini. It came to the attention of two cardinals. One of them was the head of the Supreme Court of the, of the Catholic Church, Cardinal Dino Staffa, S-T-A-F-F-A. I have them mentioned in the book. And the other one was uh, Silvestro uh, Odi, Cardinal Odi, O-D-D-I. It came to their attention that Bunini was a member of, of the Freemason, a Freemason. Says uh, Freemason uh, Lodge. Mm -hmm. Let me let me just stop here and explain to Americans who are listening to this. Yeah. Americans and Canadians, especially, we have a different idea of of Freemasonry. Uh, I was thinking of Freemasonry all my life as the Shrine Circus, as the the Shriners and and mm -hmm. the Shrine Hospital and and uh, the good work that they do with, with children, health problems, uh, operations, and everything else. And they do do that. And that's in the United States. And Freemasonry in the United States is awfully largely associated with business. It's a way to, to promote yourself in business and to rise to, uh, to, to greater heights in business. Mm -hmm. In Europe, it is not this. In Europe, it is not this at all. In Europe, Freemasonry is basically and profoundly anti-Catholic. It is anti-Catholic. It is anti-Christ. It is anti-Christ. It is anti-church. Uh, it is anti-established governments. It is anti-authority in all senses. It was responsible in great part for the French Revolution, the Russian Revolution, yep. uh, the American Revolution. Why not say it? Because sure. it's true. Um, this is what the Freemasons are about. And they plot in Europe. They plot and they plot against the Catholic Church, and they've they've been uh, very successful. Let me just put it that way. 
when it came to the attention of the of the Pope, it was brought to his attention that the man in charge of the liturgy, mm-hmm. forming the liturgy, was a Freemason. Right. Uh, he had to act. He had to act, and he did act. And I, and credit should be given to one man in particular for all of this, for insisting on this, and that was his Archbishop Benelli, Giovanni Benelli, mm. who was the sub-secretary of state of the Vatican. He was a very close personal friend of the Pope, a strong man, a strong-willed man. And when he saw that things were wrong, he made sure that the Pope found out about it. Well, the evidence was brought to the Pope, was brought to him by the by the by the the prefect for the Supreme Court of the Church of the Signatura Apostolica. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could not be just not paid attention to. It had to be dealt with. Uh, and as as they do in Rome and they do in a lot of places, they got rid of Archbishop Bunini by promoting him. <laughs> they, they made him they made him nuncio to Iran, to Iran, a place that at that time, I think it had 20,000 Catholics. And, uh, and they were very quiet because they lived in a, in a majority Muslim country. So that's where he lived and uh, lived the rest of his life in, in a sort of exile. Uh, when this was brought to the Pope's attention, Benelli, Archbishop Benelli, who was his right-hand man, Cardinal Villot, Jean Villot was a Frenchman. He was the Secretary of State, but the Subsecretary of State, or the Undersecretary of State, we would call it, was Benelli, and Benelli was the strong man. He and Villot got along not at all, not at all. Didn't like each other, and uh, they were ideologically opposed. But the Pope listened to Benelli, and Benelli told Paul VI, this requires an investigation of the entire Vatican. And the Pope absolutely agreed. And and he asked, do you have anyone in mind as the visitor? The, the, the visitor is for a visitation. This is called an apostolic visitation. When the Pope checks out some place or some people or some situation, uh, for the for, investigates it officially, it's called a visitation, an apostolic visitation. So it requires an apostolic visitor. And these men are usually bishops. They are appointed by the Holy See, and they act in the name of the Pope. And when asked who he would suggest, Benelli, who was archbishop at that time, under Secretary of State, said, yes, I can suggest someone. <laughs> very, A very honest man. Hang on, but Father, I don't want you to tell us who that man is until on the other side of the break. That's a teaser, folks. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Father Charles Murr is our guest. We're talking about his book, Murder in the 33rd Degree. Talking about Freemasonry and the infiltration into the Catholic Church. Stay with us, family. We'll be back after a quick moment. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-526. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. Father Charles Murr is our guest, talking about his latest book, The Murder in the 33rd Degree. 
I love the way you tell stories, Father. You're chatting about an investigation that Paul VI says, hey, we need to investigate the Vatican regarding Freemasonry. Have they infiltrated the church? Who can we get? And then you were going to tell us who that was. The man that he chose mm-hmm. was a French-Canadian mm-hmm. by the, and who was the, the uh, rector of the Pontifical Canadian College in Rome. His name was Archbishop Edward Edouard Gagnon from Montreal. Uh, he was a canon lawyer, uh, a linguist, wow. spoke many languages uh, fluently, a, an absolutely honest man. Impossible for him to tell a lie, even a fib. <laughs> uh, a straight shooter and Something that I think that uh, that you, Terry, would would appreciate, yeah. and I appreciated very much. He was also Catholic. Yeah, that's an important fact. You think he, he was? He, he was an he he actually he was a believer, a real believer. That's a good thing to do. So he, so he was called by the Pope to be the visitor for this investigation of the Roman Curia. What is the Roman Curia for people who don't know? It's the federal government of the Catholic Church. It's our federal government. It's what the it's what the, it's the people that the Pope depends on to govern the Church Universal. Um, there are different departments: the Department of the head of, of the Department of State, Secretary of State, the Congregation for Bishops, the place where they decide which which priests throughout the world are going to be made new bishops, uh, the Congregation for for culto divino, the divine culture, for worship, as we call it, uh, and the sacraments, uh, the congregation for the saints, the canonization process for saints, the congregation for Catholic education, the universities mm. and high schools and universities all around the world. All of these things were governed uh, strictly, quite strictly for centuries by the Vatican. It's only right now that everything is in utter chaos in in all those departments thrown into that chaos because I'm purposed for for whatever reason. But the uh, Cardinal Gagnon was to investigate all of those departments and report back to the Pope. He did an investigation and to to not uh, uh, extend this longer than it needs be, need be. Uh, this the investigation. His investigation took three years. He did this full time. Wow! And it took three years. Um, there came up there came up a, a time in his investigation from 1976, 77, 78. In 1977, uh, I just mentioned uh, this fact. Cardinal Felici, uh, who is the head of the of the congregation for the canon law ordained me a priest and and archbishop gagnon preached my my uh, my uh, ordination and my first mass in french english and italian and spanish there are all the different people who were there mm-hmm. and that took place terry i'm i'm proud to say 45 years ago today wow today. 13th, uh, 13th of may 13th of may and it was also it was on a friday Oh my it was goodness. my lucky Friday the 13th. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, it took him three years to do this investigation. He did it thoroughly. Toward the end of his investigation, Gagnon started receiving death threats 
And I, I said this on a program yesterday that I, that I gave an interview. His room at the Canadian College was broken into, ransacked, his files gone through. Wow. Also his office, also his office, which was a Vatican office uh, in Trastevere at San Calisto, uh, was, was uh, broken into his office and, and uh, documents gone through. He threatened a lot of people just by just by being investigated. They became threatened because there were a lot of things that he was discovering. And he feared for his life, not because he loved his life so much. This remember, we're talking about a saint. And I mean that he he, he truly is is a saint. Uh, he wanted to, to finish the assignment that was given to him. Yeah. He didn't want to be killed before he finished the assignment. That was a little bit of a different, a different fear of death, right? Yeah. For the right reason, a noble cause. And, and anyway, in all of this, here's the craziest thing, how, how God works, how God works. It's amazing. Uh, Mario Marini, Monsignor Mario Marini, who worked with Benelli in the Secretary of State, and he was, I told you, he was my mentor, mm -hmm. great man great man in in my book you'll get his his story from a um, a family on both sides his entire family marxists mm -hmm. uh amazing amazing character anyway he he was the one really responsible for my vocation awesome. he and i were living at a residence in rome that run by lebanese nuns oh, it was a lebanese lebanese residence for priests mm -hmm. we were living there calmly in monteverde vecchio and one day I came back from classes from the Gregorian University in, toward, in the evening, and I couldn't get into the street where I lived. Hmm. There was a mob. I mean, a mob. And I said that before, not a lot, not a lot of people, a mob. And I'm making my way through this mob. The entire street is packed with people in front of, in front of my house. I couldn't get into it. And they're speaking, could it be Arabic? Yep. It's Arabic. It's Arabic. And shouting this group at that group. The, the, I, I figured out just what I'm going through. I'm going through Syrians and Jews. Oh, my goodness. Shouting at each other. Yeah. And the police were there. The police were there. It was, it, it was, it was chaos. I had to be frisked to get into my own house. Oh, my goodness. My military police, right? Well, I got into the house and I said, what in God's name is happening here? <laughs> well, we had a, we had a new visitor, a new residence of a new resident of the house is the Archbishop Hilarion Capucci. The, the, uh, he was a Syrian Archbishop of Jerusalem. Wow. In, in exile. Oh my goodness. Archbishop Capucci had been in prison for four years by the Israelis. The crime they accused him of was smuggling arms to the Palestinian Palestinian Liberation Organization. Wow. <laughs> anyway, he was in prison for four years. This is something that I tell people. Priests for the for the Vatican are pawns. We're dispensable. Yeah. Not so bishops. Yeah. They take care of bishops. They take care of it. You might have noticed, Terry, yeah. in your lifetime, they take care of their own. I've right? noticed, I noticed. Well, they did all sorts of diplomatic.
Okay, I think we just and they got, him, they got him out. Yeah. They got him out of prison. Wow! Right? And so that's and they brought him. Yeah. And they brought him to. They brought him. To, he he was to reside in our home. Yes. Right. Right. Which was fine. But all of a sudden, all of a sudden, our home was guarded twenty four seven by Syrian guards from the embassy. Wow. By the Italian by the Italian uh, secret police. Wow. And they're in different vans and different cars in front of the house. Wow. And the Israelis, the Israelis also sent people. <laughs> so you've got all of this going on. We were, we, in other words, we became the, the, the securest place in all of Italy. Yeah, you think? <laughs> right? So Mar Monsignor Marini said to Gagnon, you're worried about getting killed during this investigation? Come live with us. Yeah. Really? Nobody, nobody can get back. We had to be frisked to get in and out of our own home. He said, you'll be fine here. So he did. Gagnon moved in with us. And I took, I helped him a lot with different things. I was also his driver for, for many, many occasions. He finished his work after three years. And he asked me, could you take me in my car, drive me to the Vatican tomorrow morning? I have a, a meeting with his holiness, Pope Paul VI to give him my final report done after three years. I said, it would be an honor. Absolutely. So we met in the morning. I drove him to the to the audience. I, I parked the car in, in uh, Cortile San Damaso. He took the elevator up to the Pope's apartment and met with him, with Pope Paul. And he explained everything that needed to be explained. Who was who, what was what, he explained about about Bunini. Yes. And he, he had the documentation for it. He also explained to him two, two other major factors. And I know this because I know it from the source. I know it from him. He also explained to the Holy Father that the man in charge of making bishops, creating bishops in the world, whose name was Cardinal Sebastian Baggio, B-A-G-G-I-O, was also a Freemason. Wow. That explains it. And he had the and he had the documentation to prove this. Wow. All right. All right. This shocked the Pope. Yeah. Not that he had not heard, not that he had not heard that before, but that there was proof positive for it. Mm -hmm. And he and then and then Gagnon said to, to him, and Holy Father, get ready for this. The Vatican Bank, the Institute for for, for, for Finances in the Vatican, we called the Vatican Bank, right? Is also going to be toppled it's going to be there, there, there's a plot to bankrupt to bankrupt the vatican wow to 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 finish its finances well pope paul the sixth listened and his face turned ashen he took the documentation that gagnon had put in front of him on the desk and pushed it back to gagnon <laughs> And he said, he said, I'm not going to do anything. What? I'm not going to do anything. Leave this. I'm leaving this to my successor. Oh, that's nice. You, you, you give this to my successor. And Gagnon was not expecting that at all because it wasn't him. It wasn't the Pope who was going to deal with this. It was going to be Benelli. It was going to be Cardinal uh, Archbishop Benelli, Under Secretary of State, sure. who was going to clean house. Yep. No, everything was put on hold. 
said, take it up with my successor. Very in a, in a, in a depressed state. Gagnon came back downstairs with the dossier. With the, it was a three-volume dossier. Yes. Got back into his car and said, said, I can't believe it. He said, I can't, three years I've been doing. He said, I said, well, what's happened? You, you, the, he came back with the dossier. You were supposed to leave it with the Pope. He said, take it away, give it to my successor. The long and the short of it was in, in less than three months, the Pope was dead. Wow. Well, yeah, he was at the end of his pontificate. Didn't think he could handle it. And uh, you're listening to the Terry and Jesse show with Father Charles Murr. Great story. Great book. Murder in the 33rd degree. The Gagnon investigation into Vatican Freemasonry and much, much more. You need to get that book. When we come back, we'll continue to talk about what's in the book and why it's very important for us to understand what went on. Stay with us. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. Father Charles Murr is here. He's giving us a riveting story about Freemasonry and the infiltration into the Catholic Church. Father, there's so much. I know we only have two more segments, but... Do you think that uh, it would be good to talk a little bit, and you, you make the call, about how Cardinal Gagnon, and what, what was his response, where he went, and then what happened when he came back? I, it, that, to me, was very interesting. You make the call. Pope Paul VI died. Yes, in August of 78, control. right. August, August 6, 1978. Yep. There's a conclave. The conclave elected Pope John Paul I. Yeah, this is fascinating. In the, book, in, the, in the book, I explain how this happened. It's enough It's enough for people to understand the following. Yes. In, in that conclave to elect the successor yeah. of, 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 of uh, Paul VI were three contenders. One was Cardinal Siri, Giuseppe Siri yeah. of Genoa, the other was Benelli, Cardinal Benelli. He was now made a cardinal uh, by Paul VI and, and uh, Archbishop of Florence. The Benelli, who was under Secretary of State, is now Cardinal Benelli. Yes. And, and the third candidate was Sebastian Baggio, wow. Cardinal Sebastian Baggio. Why was he a contender? Because... He had been creating all of the bishops in the world for years. He also named all of the archbishops in places that would make them cardinals. Wow. New York, Washington. Yes, big cities. Uh, Mexico City. Mm-hmm. When these people came, and especially foreigners, non-Italians, to Rome, the only person they really knew, or one of the people they, they, they knew best, was Cardinal Baggio who had made them archbishops and then cardinals. Got it. So he had support. Mm-hmm. Cardinal Staffa, God bless him, the, the uh, head of the Supreme Court said, he prayed, he prayed that God would spare him from a conclave where Baja would be elected. He said, it would be impossible for me to bend down and kiss the hand, the ring, of the fisherman, <laughs> the first, the first Freemason yeah. fisherman. Yeah, and, really. Anyway, so we've got we've got the election, 
it came down to this. It came down to a stalemate between Siri, Cardinal Siri, and Cardinal Benelli. And Baggio was picking up independence and he was gaining support. Benelli, to cease the whole, to stop the whole thing and to prevent a catastrophe, pulled a rabbit out of his hat. And that rabbit was Luciani, Albino Luciani of Venice. He became Pope. He was a he was a great candidate. Everyone loved him. He was a good man. Yes. And he, he won the election. He became John Paul I. John Paul I, John Paul I named privately, named Giovanni Benelli as his secretary of state. Right. Then you leave Florence and you come here and help me with this. They were going to make a team. Uh, a lot of your viewers know, know these people. I, I'll mention them. Uh, of Pius X and Cardinal Ralph Meri del Val. Mm -hmm. All right. Pius X was a farmer. Yep. He farmer still old. he still he still had dirt under his fingernail. Mm -hmm. Pius X. But he got as his secretary of state one of the one of the most intelligent men in the world, Ralph Meri del Val. And between the, the two of them, they cleaned house mm. and they made the church strong and central again and safe and Catholic. Anyway, uh, it was all set up. So you had John Paul I. And he had asked Benelli to become his secretary of state. And Benelli said, I accept one exception with, under one condition. You get rid of Cardinal Baggio immediately from the Congregation for Bishops. Mm -hmm. And the man is corrupting the church by making bishops yes. who, are, who are not healthy. They're not good men. Right. Not, not all of them. Okay. I'm, excuse me. I'm not saying all of them, mm -hmm. but a great number of them were. Sure. And, and all of them were liberals. Yeah. All of them were liberals. Anyone who got through who was not a liberal got through by accident. <laughs> right? I'll put it that way. That's fine. So the, the Pope, the new Pope said to, to Cardinal Benelli, well, you take care of getting rid of Baggio from the congregation. Do you remember Paul, John Paul I? He was a very shy man, very timid. Loveless he man. Was, Smiling he was a great smile, yeah. great smile. But he's not the kind of guy to take the bull by the horns. No, no. And, right? Yeah. Not it. So he said to Benelli, and Benelli said, no, you do it. Set the tone for your pontificate. You do it. He said, before you do that, I want you to talk to Archbishop Edward Gagnon and listen to his report. It's a three-year investigation of the Vatican before you do before day one amen listen to what he's saying listen to what he's saying sure so yeah. again Gagnon asked me to take me and take him to the vatican oh, no not another to one see, to see the second to see the second pope <laughs> i drove him i drove him he went up had an audience with him a, a, the audience was a long audience he came down without the documents he left the documents with the pope of his of his study and Gagnon was elated Absolutely elated. He said, finally, <laughs> finally, finally, we're, get, we're getting someplace. And he said the Pope was very receptive, took notes, knew what he was going to do. I presented him all of the documentation. He knows now about the Vatican Bank. He's, a, he's aware of that. He knows about Cardinal Baggio. He knows about Bunini. He knows all of these things. We're very well prepared. Fine. 
The Pope then had to deal with getting rid of Cardinal Baggio from the Congregation of Bishops. He called, imagine this scenario. I'm listening. The Pope, the Pope of Rome calls you on the phone and says to you, your eminence, Cardinal Baggio, I'd like to see you oh, boy. For, a for a meeting. Sure. And Baggio, Baggio had the audacity to tell the Pope, I'm busy. Oh, that's, that tells it all. Sorry. <laughs> you don't tell the Pope you're busy. I'm, I'm, especially, especially a cardinal who works for the Pope. Yeah, you this think? Is your boss. Yeah, exactly. It's unbelievable. I'm busy. And the Pope very accommodating said, well, perhaps this afternoon we could meet. This afternoon, would that be all right? He said, busy this afternoon. He said, then after hours, after hours, I'll see you here after hours. Wow. Baggio arrived at eight o'clock at night. This is unheard of. The popes don't have audiences at eight o'clock at night, right? At eight o'clock at night, alone, he walked into the to the to the Vatican to the papal residence. He was he was expected. Walked in, sat down with the pope, and the pope. Actually, I just got done explaining what they got what they did with Bunini. Sure. You promote you promote to eliminate. Right. They sent him to Iran, right? Right. He said, I'm going to promote you to Venice. Hmm. I want you to be the Archbishop Cardinal of Venice. Venice is empty. The sea is empty. Why is it empty? Because I was the Archbishop exactly. of Venice. I was elected Pope. It's free. I want you to take it. And he's saying, he's saying without saying, he said, isn't that a wonderful thing? You're going to, you're not only going to be in Venice, you're going to take the Pope's place. Yeah. You're filling my shoes. Great. Baggio absolutely refused. Wow. Absolutely refused. I'm not leaving Rome. I'm not leaving Rome. And you can't make me and this. Other. Who knew? Who, know, who knows what, what he said? Certainly, uh, there was some sort of blackmail and some sort of yeah. some sort of shenanigans. What there was that we know of was screaming and yelling. This was not a conversation of between uh, two two men who were who were using reason. The Pope wasn't yelling. Baggio was yelling. How do we know that? The two Swiss guards standing outside the door. Sure. Right. This went on for an hour. This meeting. Wow. It left with Baggio. Baggio left, slamming the door behind him. And two hours later, the Pope had a heart attack and died. Yeah, very suspicious. Let's just be honest. Come on. The last person to see him alive was Cardinal Baggio. Wow. Baggio denied it. Denied it practically. The next day when he was dead, they asked Baggio what is his reaction to the death of the Pope. Yeah. All of the other people were saying, oh, that's he said, I can't. Everyone was saying, I can't believe it. I just met with him last week. He was in the best of health, great cheer, yeah. this, that, and the other thing about Baggio, who was the last person to see him alive, all he said was, Que colpo. What a shock. What a blow. <laughs> That's all. Kept walking. Unbelievable. Right? Anyway, so now we've got a next, we've got another conclave. Yeah. The same situation happened again, and the same Cardinal Benelli pulled another rabbit out of his hat, and that man's name was Wojtyla. Yeah. 
Arawatiwa. The same thing happened, and it was Benelli who proposed Waitiwa. Wow. He won, as we know, that's John Paul II. John Paul II had a meeting with Benelli immediately. And Benelli said, you've got to get rid of Baggio. You've, got, you've gotten rid of, uh, it, it was taken care of for you already, uh, Bonini, he's in Iran. Yeah. Huh? And you've got to deal with the Vatican Bank immediately. And he, Benelli said, as a diplomat and a politician and a statesman, Benelli was. Hmm. He was also, he was, he was a sharp man. Yeah. He said, do not reappoint everyone in the same position in your in your cabinet yeah put in people you trust amen and clean house yes and clean house. well he didn't no he did just the opposite he brought everybody he, named, he, he, he reconfirmed he, yeah. he affirmed everyone in, in in everyone's position they were yep. all they all stayed yep and he started traveling the world unbelievable father we're going to come back I, i've read the book folks murder in the 33rd degree you need to get a copy of it it's a great book it really made me realize that we have been infiltrated, but it also gave me hope that uh, we, as lay people, can help through our prayers and our sacrifices for the Holy Mother of the Church to continue its great mission of evangelization. Stay with us, family. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888 2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. Father Charles Murs, our guest, he's talking about his newest book, Murder in the 33rd Degree. This book explains a lot of the problems we've had in the church over the last 50, 60 years. Father, I'm just going to turn it right back over because we've got one more segment. You can't get to the whole book, but you do need to get the book. But this is like, you know, you're sitting on the edge of your chair saying, is this real? And, you know, Father, let me just say this. You're the last breathing person that I'm aware of who has the knowledge and personal witness of all these events that you're talking about. So I really appreciate you serving the church by putting it on on a, on a, on a piece of paper in a book form so that many generations will look at this book and go, ha, ah, I get it. So please continue. Well, it, it's, uh, it, believe yeah. me, Terry, it's yeah. not going to make me a popular person. I know that. Believe me, I, I yeah. But I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, what we're, no. we're at this point. Uh, John Paul II was was elected. Yes. He he for whatever reason, whatever his reasons were, his psychology is was is was different. He's a great man. I'm not saying that. Yeah. But uh, I and I believe that he believed what he was doing was the right thing to do to bring God, to bring Christ and the message of, of Christ to people, right. to, the, to, the, to, the, to the masses. And he traveled and he decided that was going to be his apostolate. Right. Well, while he was traveling, as they say, when the mice, uh, when, when, when way. The, cats away, the mice will play. Exactly. And, 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 and in this case, also the rats <laughs> uh, will play. That's true. Uh, Every time he made a trip, he made 104 trips. Every trip he made, he had to be, he spent time preparing for the trip, learning learning the names of people, of places, of things, everything he knew about the place so that he didn't go there not knowing anything. He knew everything that he could, even the language. I mean, he, he studied Korean, he studied this, to be able to give speeches and languages. 
in the languages of the place. So this was what he did. However, he did not pay attention to house cleaning. He wasn't an administrator. Let's just be honest. Go he ahead. Did not, he, did, he was not an administrator. Yeah, right? that's my take. And 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 people and people ran their own show. Yep. They were very happy. There was applause <laughs> every time he announced he was making a new trip. Good, good. Yeah, anyway, after after a few months of being in office, Cardinal Bonelli again called him, called Pope John Paul II, and said, you have not yet called in Gagnon to give you the rundown of the situation in, the, in which you're sitting in the middle. Mm -hmm. He said, call Gagnon, make, have him come in and explain to you, let him show you his dossier on the study that he did for three years. Finally, the Pope called Gagnon. Gagnon said to me, the night before, I said, can you take me tomorrow to the Vatican? <laughs> Why not? Finally, I, I said, this is Pope number three. He said, <laughs> it is. I said, good. I said, absolutely, eminent, excellency. We, I drove him in his car again. We went to San Damaso. I'm waiting there. He went up and saw the Pope, presented everything that needed to be presented. And John Paul II decided that it wasn't all that pressing a matter, these things. Right. And Gagnon said, Holy Father, do you understand that the man making bishops has been accused of, and we have the proof of, mm -hmm. him being a Freemason? Yeah. <laughs> Holy Father, do you realize that the Vatican Bank is about to be, is about to topple? The finances of the Vatican, of the church, of the central government is, is going to be uh, taken over by, by Freemasons. Uh, he said, Holy Father, do you realize that your own life is at risk? The Pope said, my life is at risk. He said, yes. He said, there, there is a major threat against your life already detected. Gagnon had proof for everything he said. Yeah. The Pope poo-hooed the whole thing and he said, he told me, he said to Gagnon, he said, who would want to kill the Pope of Rome? Who would want to do that? <laughs> pretty naive. Oh, pretty naive. I'm, not, I'm, I'm also naive yeah. and it's gotten me in a lot of trouble too in life, but this was incredible as, as from the head of the church. Anyway, uh, he decided to do nothing. Yeah. So, and Gagnon said, you're going to leave Cardinal Baggio in charge of bishops? Oh, no. This, this man that, well, you know, I'm, well, you know, we've got to be patient and little by little. And Gagnon said, fine, fine, you do that. I quit. <laughs> this is the good part. This is funny. I quit. Yeah, I'm, I'm out of, I'm out of here. I'm out of here. I'm gone. Goodbye. Yeah. Picked up his picked up his his the, his copy again of the whole report yeah. and came back down to the car and I could see right at the elevator when he got off the hurt anger frustration everything but yeah. this was not a happy man sure I, we drove home and he told me what had happened and he asked he said what are you doing tomorrow and I said what would you like me to do tomorrow he said I want you to drive me to the airport. Said I'm leaving. He said, 
I try, I'm trying to talk him out, an archbishop talk him out of, of, of leaving the Vatican. I said, no, he said, no, this is, this is useless. I'm wasting my time. There are people who need priests in the world. He said, and I was ordained to be a priest. Well, he went back to Colombia. He always loved Colombia. Went back to preaching retreats on the Sacred Heart in the jungle of Colombia. Mm -hmm. that, that, was, that was it. Stayed there until the Pope was, an attempt was made on his life. An assassin's bullet almost killed him. When the Pope was in the hospital, realizing what was happening, when he came to, uh, I've I told this in, the, in, in other interviews, sure. and I've told him the book too, the, the Holy Father almost was, almost was almost killed, not by a bullet, by, but by contaminated blood given to him during operations. Wow. He, 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 they gave him hepatitis. Wow. He caught hepatitis, and that's what he almost died from. And the doctor who saved the Pope's life was an American doctor, a, a friend of mine and, a, and a, a, a friend of a lot of people who he's helped tremendously during life. I had a lot of kids in the orphanage who needed serious medical help uh, from him. And I brought him to brought them to him in New York, Dr. Kevin Cahill. Wow. Dr. Kevin Cahill was sent by Pope, by, by Cardinal O'Connor, John O'Connor of New York on a special plane immediately to Rome. And he saved the Pope's life. Wow. From the hepatitis infection. That's what I almost killed him. Anyway, the, when the Pope came to, uh, when the Pope came to, it is said, I was not there. I didn't hear this. I didn't hear this part. Yeah. But it said that when he came to, after, after a couple of weeks of agony in the hospital, in Jamelli Hospital, one, the first thing he said was, find Gagnon. Oh, <laughs> Gagnon. Well, they found Gagnon. They searched high and low for him and brought him back to Rome. And the Pope called him in, spoke to him, reinstated him and gave him a new job and asked him to please stay in Rome and, and help him. <laughs> Gagnon, again, Gagnon again said, I will, Holy Father, if you get rid of Baggio, yeah. of Cardinal Baggio. The Pope promised he would do that. Well, he, made, he made Gagnon a cardinal. And it took him two more years to get rid of Cardinal Baggio. Wow. And then when he finally got rid of Cardinal Baggio, he named him in, in he was, God, Baggio was put in charge of Vatican stamps. <laughs> That's uh, funny. That, that was it. Anyway, uh, the long and the short of this is there was a tremendous influence by Freemasonry in the post-conciliar years. Yes. Why am, I, why am I telling everybody this and why did I write a book? Right. Uh, I'm 72 years old, going to be very soon. No one in my family has lived past the age of 72. Everybody's died before. And I've lost uh, many members of my, my family. Mm -hmm. And I, I wanted to write both The Godmother about Mother Pasqualina mm -hmm. and this book about Cardinal Gagnon. First of all, I love Gagnon. He was one of my one of my best friends in life, uh, we were we were together uh, always for vacations and everything else. Uh, uh, he came to Mexico. I went with him to to Beirut, to Lebanon, to to France, to, and on different trips to New York. Uh, very close friend, a, a loving, wonderful, good man, full of faith. I wanted his story to be told. 
I wanted it known. I wanted this known. There's been, there have been rumors for years about these things. Uh, I happen to know that those rumors were true. Yeah. I heard them from the source. I heard them from the source himself. I, I was privileged to have dinner with Cardinal Benelli, also in the company of Mario Marini and uh, and Gagnon uh, uh, and and uh, and other people in this in these higher echelons of the church. These things should be known, yep. and they explain a lot. They explain a lot, Terry. I yes, think they do. They can talk a lot about what's happening today because Absolutely. we're living we're living in 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 a chaos that that comes from from all of those of those years. Yeah, it really does. Sure. I, but I've got to tell I've got to tell this to 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 your viewers also. Yes, Father. Don't be discouraged. Right. This is you know here I come on and 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 you're thinking all of this negative, this yeah. garbage, this horrible thing to happen to the church. Just a minute. I think you've got to. I, I know you've got to make a distinction between the Roman Catholic faith, the Catholic faith, the true faith. That comes to us from the apostles. It comes to us first of all from our Lord Himself, yes. and through the apostles and His successors and all of the councils and 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 all the the fruit of our faith. One thing is the Catholic faith. Another thing is Vatican politics. Right. And, and you you have to you have to understand that. Sure. Now we were spoiled for years, Terry. Right. Oh, because, absolutely. Because for years they were the same thing. Mm-hmm. We didn't see too much of a difference between the way the Vatican was running things and the Catholic faith. We were on the but same there page. Is a Father, there is a difference. the uh, time is out. How can people get your book, Murder in the 33rd Degree? They can go to Amazon.com. Mm-hmm. It's on Amazon.com, Murder in the 33rd Degree, and or on my website. Let's go to your uh, website. W- I'm not a big www.charlesmurr.com. Yeah, get it from FatherCharlesMurr.com. And also you can get the Kindle edition if you don't like to ha- hold a big book. Father Murr, how about a blessing for our, our audience, please? You have it. Dominus vobiscum. Cum spiritu tuo. Benedictio de omnipotente parte de spiritus et spiritus santus sendus super voces Thank you, Father. Remember, Our Lady of Fatima said souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices. Please. Join Our Lady's request for the rosary and offer all your sacrifices for the conversion of poor sinners. Father Charles Murr, the book Murder in the 33rd Degree. God bless you, Father. Thanks again for joining us here on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. God love you.